Welcome to Sister Take Heart. This is Janet Bernstein. I'm your host. I'm also the president of the Every Heart Project. Today, I want to talk about putting our businesses last, or better yet, putting our sisters first. Now, I know that there's a lot going on with social media. There's this new trend where I'm getting numerous friend requests every time I log in. People I've never met, people I've never heard of, maybe we have mutual friends, maybe we don't. Whatever the case, I'm getting friend requests so much now. I used to accept most of them, but I learned pretty quickly that if I didn't know them before, that there was a very good chance that I was going to get a sales pitch within minutes of accepting that friend request. So I'm a lot more careful with who I accept friend requests from now. I will say, though, that I don't like this new trend. I am all about relationships, but are we really forming a relationship if we're just sending a random friend request? So before we really dig into this conversation any deeper, I actually want to read an excerpt from my new book, The New Rules of the Sisterhood. This is from chapter eight, and the chapter is called Put Your Business Second or Third. So this chapter is probably the one that's going to piss off the most people, and I'm okay with that. Truthfully, it's how I built a tribe that's different from all the others. When it comes to creating a thriving sisterhood, it is all about relationships. Sometimes we fail to remember that and we fall back into our selfish ways. We all do it. The key is to self-correct and come back around to the mission. Your business, or mine for that matter, isn't so important that it's worth risking friendships for, nor is it our only purpose in this world. You may be the most important woman in the world, running a business, saving lives, or making real change in the world, but none of it will compare to the rewards of a thriving sisterhood, of which you feel as though you are an integral part of both creating and sustaining. I guarantee you that no one confesses in their final moments that they wished they'd worked harder or achieved more. They don't long for more hours to sit behind a desk or sell another product. The regrets most often heard are a result of failed friendships, broken families, and lost loves. We tend to struggle the most with forgiveness, both asking for it and doling it out after a disagreement or miscommunication. Our egos often prevent us from the desire to repair a relationship, though in the end we realize it's what mattered most all along. Now, I really want to talk about how we are supposed to have businesses and have side hustles and still be a part of a thriving sisterhood. I know it's a fine line and I know that many struggle with this every single day. You're told by your boss or your upline or your business partner or whoever it is that every business relationship every friendship, everyone's a connection, everyone's a potential sale. I really want to transform your thinking though into perhaps that's not the best way we look at things. I really want us to get back to connecting first. If you were to walk into a networking event, the first thing you're going to think is, is there anyone here worth being friends with? 
Who wants to do business with someone they don't know? We've got to get back to getting to know people first. That is probably the most important piece that we are lacking right now in our society is we are, we are trying so hard to forge these relationships so that we can sell our products or pitch our services. And we're forgetting about all those steps that come in between. You can't go up to someone brand new and say, hi, my name is Janet, and immediately hand them a product and say, buy my product. There are so many steps in between that we are skipping. So it's not all about you. When I say put your business second or third, it really just means try to go into every relationship with an open mind and an open heart. It really means seeking to serve. I've said it before in earlier episodes, and I say it at every live event that we have at our local chapter, and that is check your ego at the door. We are here to serve. No question is dumb. No relationship is meaningless. That means that everyone matters. And we say it all the time, every heart matters. Get to know the heart of that person before you try to pitch your product. Get to know their likes, their dislikes, before you try to sell them on your latest and greatest service. Nobody wants to be sold. Think about the last time you went to buy a car. You wanted to just walk around and look at a few. You wanted to maybe test drive something. You didn't want them to hand you a stack of paperwork and say, here you go, buy this car. Looked great on the lot, right? No, we don't do that. So why are we doing it in our everyday relationships? I think it's because we're just not really taking the time anymore to build those relationships. Social media is both a blessing and a curse. Personally, I love it. I love everything that it does. It brings people together. It gives me an opportunity to share my voice, to affect change, to inspire people, to help people. I love it. There's certainly times where I hate it as well. Um, Recently, I had to delete someone off of my business page who was posting hateful comments. Um, I had to ban them from the page, which it was a first for me. I had never done that. Um, So yes, sometimes social media can be a bit of a pain as well. But it's all about how we handle those relationships. So regardless of how we feel, sometimes the endless drama of finding new clients and new prospects takes over and we forget that we are dealing with other humans and that we're meant to form those relationships first. So I would challenge you at your next event If you find yourself falling back into that trap of wanting to sell your product or wanting to pitch your service or doing the um, age old spray and pray where you're throwing out those business cards and hoping that they call you back, I want you to not do that. Keep your business cards in your purse or in your pocket and make it a habit to not give them out unless someone asks for them. Or ask for someone else's first. They'll probably ask for yours as well. But don't make that a requirement. Don't feel like you failed if you didn't give out your business cards. Because truthfully, if you didn't make a connection, then giving them your business card, it's only going to end up in the trash. Let's just be real. I always say be a resource and not a sales pitch. So when someone says, oh, I'm really struggling with blank. Even if you are the world-renowned expert on what they just mentioned, 
This is not an opportunity for you to pull out your laptop and sell them. I understand when they say those magic words, your first thought is, I can help you. And you can say, I can help you. That's okay. But don't say, I have a product you need to buy. Or book my service and then I'll help you. Just say, I'd love to help you. Now, I'm not saying give away your stuff for free. I'm not saying that you have to say, of course, come and see me. I'll give you everything I have absolutely free with no expectations. That's not realistic either. But what I'm saying is if someone says, I'm struggling with this and you know a lot about it, give them some advice. If this is a sister, the last thing you should focus on is receiving payment. I know, I know we give away way too much for free sometimes. Give them a little bit and then let them know how they can get more from you. So in my instance, I'm um, a business coach. I'm a visibility coach. I work with women and help them show up and be seen in their businesses. So sometimes if someone says, I'm really struggling with social media, how much do I post and how much do I not post about my personal life? My first thought is, wow, they they would benefit from a coaching package with me. But that is not what I say. I absolutely give away as much content for free as I can and that I'm comfortable with. And that's another thing. Really pay attention to how you feel when you give out the information. If you're giving them advice, tools, knowledge, and and it feels good, pay attention to that because sometimes that's what is very meaningful for them and for you. So sometimes I'll say, oh, absolutely, here's what I recommend. With most of my clients, I say this or I say that. And then I'll say, if you want to dig deeper, I would love to work with you on a coaching package. And then I leave it at that. I've given them some value. I've given them a resource. And then I've let them know that if they want to go to the next level, that I'm game. And that's all you have to do. It doesn't mean you have to meet with them once a week and tell them everything you know. That's not how it works either. So when it comes to the first meeting, when let's say a brand new sister, you meet her at one of uh, the events and she says, hey, let's go out for coffee. And you go and you do a little Facebook stalking of her profile. Let's be real, we all do it. And you find out that she is a big coffee lover. And let's just say that you happen to sell the most delicious coffee product ever. That is not a signal for you to show up with all of your samples and your laptop ready to go to play that presentation. Definitely, you can give her a sample if you want to give it and just say, hey, I saw your post yesterday that said you really loved coffee. Um, I sell a great product. I brought you a free sample. Leave it at that. Do not say I'd like to get your feedback, I wanna sign you up, I wanna enroll you, fill in the blank. That's really where you lose them because then they wonder, did you meet with them only to sell them your product or did you meet with them because you wanted to get to know them? And oftentimes we ruin the first meeting because we show up with an agenda or with a motive that's not pure. So make sure that you are leaving your intentions and expectations at home or at your office. And when you show up, I I want your main goal to get to know that other sister. All right. I know this is this is tough stuff, but you know what? I feel like it needs to be discussed. So let's talk about the golf course. 
So a lot of women, when I go over these rules and I start talking about put your business second, don't bring your sales pitch to the first meeting, be a resource, inevitably I get some heads nodding, but then I get, okay, Janet, how the heck am I supposed to build my business? So I hear you, sister, take heart. I want you to think about how men do this on the golf course. All right. Now, some women play golf. I don't mean to be stereotypical, but I'm going to tell you that if you drive by the average golf course, especially here in Dallas, you will notice that almost everybody out there playing are men. So for the sake of this story, we're going to go with men. So think of the guys on the golf course. They are meeting week after week or month after month with the intention of possibly doing business with some of these guys. But it doesn't always come up during the golf game. Sometimes it might be touched upon and sometimes it might not be. And even if their decision is not to do business with each other, that doesn't stop them from picking up the golf clubs and playing golf again next week. I want you to start thinking like the guys. Because at the end of the day, what they're doing by playing golf and not setting expectations is they're building the relationship and they're showing their fellow guys that they don't just care about making a sale. And we all know when, when the salesperson detaches from the outcome, basically means when the salesperson does not become obsessed with making the sale and all they care about is making the experience great, that's when the sales happen. That's when they happen and it's proven over and over again. So when you talk about how do I build my business, you know, if I can't show up and sell and do all this stuff, it's very simple. Just get to know this person. Get to know them. And then in in the conversations, you know, if they talk about their business and how much they love what they do, it's a great way for you to inter- in, interrupt and say, absolutely, I love what I do too. Or, you know, ask for their advice. Maybe there's a way you can work together. Um, but truthfully, not your, okay, let's back up. Your sisters are not your sales prospects. So I think that's probably where we should have started really in the beginning of this chapter, that's what should be first is when you look at a list of prospects, I know a lot of network marketing companies do this. They make a list of prospects. They say, who do I know? I want to encourage you if you are a part of a sisterhood that when you make your sales prospect list, do not put your sisters on it. Here's why. When they do buy from you because they know you, like you, and trust you, it will be a pleasant surprise. And it will be because you know you did the right things. I just don't agree with taking the list of everybody that you love or everybody that's close to you and going through and trying to brainstorm on how you're going to sell them. So let's talk about network marketing. So first of all, there is a part of this chapter in the book, and the part of that chapter is called Effing MLMs. So everyone who knows me knows I've been very vocal about speaking the truth when it comes to network marketing and MLMs. Now, first of all, I am not saying that network marketing is a bad thing. 
there are a lot of people that I know and trust who are involved in network marketing companies who do a phenomenal job. In fact, as I sit here recording this podcast, I have a stack of oils from three different companies on my desk because I support my sisters. I buy all sorts of other products from various sisters, all different types of network marketing groups. So I have no qualms about supporting my sisters in their businesses, whether it's network marketing or not. However, I'm just going to tell you that because there are so many schemes associated with various network marketing companies, many of them are getting a bad rap. So when you are in a network marketing company, you need to know this up front. Know that when you approach someone else, especially another sister, and you talk about your business, if it's network marketing, there's a very good chance that they've already had a very bad experience with a network marketing company. And it just means you need to proceed with caution. And once again, your sisters should not be your primary sales targets. That is when we lose our credibility. We become labeled as predatory when we do that. So I would really encourage you, if you're in network marketing, sister, take heart, but also take precautions. Know that your sisters are already being approached by other sisters, by their family members, by their coworkers, and probably their own neighbors. They're being asked to listen to opportunities, to go to home parties, to look at brochures. You never know how many times someone has already been pitched or approached before you finally pick up the phone to call them. Now, I'm not saying all this to discourage you. If you're in network marketing, I'm not saying that your business is awful and that you should give up. I'm just saying that sometimes we fail to realize that our closest friends and family are the ones we're not supposed to really be selling. Sometimes people will buy just because it's you. They feel guilty or they feel obligated. And the last thing you want in the sisterhood is to be labeled as someone who cannibalizes other sisters. You don't want to be known as the one who takes advantage of the relationship and forces everybody to buy their product whether it's network marketing or not. So I would say keep that in mind. Now, I will say, you know, over the past few years, we've had a lot of incidences in uh, in our local sister group that a lot of it tied back to network marketing. And that's the reason why this made it into my book. And that's the reason I'm talking a little bit about it today as well. Network marketing has to be improved or it's going to continue to have that stigma attached to it. And I will say, my own husband got roped into network marketing, was convinced that it would help him and also make money, and he tried diligently for a period of time to sell and to recruit people into a company. I will tell you that after months and months and months of being involved and seeing very little profit, uh, we ultimately made the decision um, to to just stop that, that whole product buying and not be involved in the company at all. 
It was a really hard decision because it was tied to someone that we knew and who we cared about. And unfortunately, that happens. So I would just say if you are in network marketing, or even if you are just new in a business and trying to get out there, I would just encourage you to tread lightly when it comes to approaching your sisters and even your closest friends and family. Let's just be real. How would you feel if you suddenly got a call from someone you haven't heard from in a while who you think is just calling because they care and you end up finding out it's because they're in a new network marketing company and they've targeted you as their next victim. <laughs> and I, I'm using victim in a joking manner, but that's how a lot of us feel when we're approached. So keep that in mind. So in closing, your business is important. Your business matters. None of us get into business because we just wanna do great by the world. We do most of it because we wanna make money. And I know that side hustles and network marketing gigs and all those, those things, they have their place. They help people, they inspire people, they connect you with new people, maybe connect you with travel opportunities. There's nothing wrong with being involved in a business that you love and you believe in. But always put your business second or third when it comes to the sisterhood. Because when you are trying to build relationships, if your motivation is making money or making the sale, you're never going to reach the heart of another sister because they're not going to trust you. I am going to end right there. I know this is a tough topic and I know that it's a tough chapter in the book, but I do believe that if we want to create a sisterhood that's better and stronger than ever, we have to do better and we have to be better than we've been in the past. And part of that is knowing how to put those relationships first and to allow our businesses to, to go to the back burner. I hope this has encouraged you today and reminded you about what's most important. And if this hit a nerve, I just encourage you to lean into it as to why it hit a nerve with you. Have you been guilty of some of these practices that we talked about? It's not that I'm convicting you or condemning you. And if you feel that, that is something you're placing on yourself. And I would encourage you to let it, let it go. Forgive yourself. If there's a sister that you did this to and you think perhaps it's caused a rift or some sort of awkward tension between the two of you, pick up the phone. Call that sister and say, hey, I feel really bad that the last time we met, I went on and on and on about my business. And I just want you to know that um, that was not the only reason I had reached out to you. And I hope that I didn't offend you. And you know, you never know how far that might go. So sister, take heart, put your business second or third or last, build those relationships. In the end, I guarantee you're not going to care how many cups of smart coffee you sold. You're going to care about how many friends are by your side. That's all for today. I pray you have a wonderful day. And remember, sister, take heart. 